Welcome to the No Relation NFL podcast, late May edition with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how are you doing on this Tuesday after Memorial Day? Excellent. It kind of took a couple days off from football, and now I'm back to writing articles and doing all those wonderful things. Beautiful day here. Got a lot done around the yard. I pressure washed for like nine or ten hours on on Sunday. I was all sore from after that. Felt In a row? Bit. Yeah. I just, I just got out there and listened to NFL podcasts and had a blast. Good for you. Your hockey team won last night? Yeah. Pens are up 1-0 in the cup finals, so things are good. That, I'm not How a big hockey guy, but that was a good game, right? It was. I will say I thought the better team didn't win, you know, so um, I didn't think the Pens were the better squad last night, but the puck went in the net more than it did for Nashville, so I'll take it. Definitely take it, man. Um, yeah, man. Well, cool. Well, How about you? How was your weekend? This time of year, we're doing deep dives in the division. We're going to do the AFC South, and we like to kind of talk a little news before that. And because it's late May, we don't have a lot to talk about. I just have a few quick topics. And, and the first one is uh, Odell Beckham Jr., a little bit of a firestorm out in New York with him missing those OTAs. Um, I wrote, I'm writing today that why it's a big deal, and I don't want to be one of those stodgy guys. I get it, it's just voluntary, but I think it's a big deal because of who it is, and he's just keeping himself in the news for the wrong reasons. And while it is voluntary, the reality is 98% of the league does go to these things, and that includes a lot of stars like himself. What's your read on it? Yeah, and you're also here, and he's hanging out with Johnny Manziel, and, you know, he's always in the news, not for terrific reasons. I'm sure he is somewhat distracting, but that's also not uncommon at that position. You know, over history right. we've seen many, many, and he's not, I mean, he doesn't come across as a bad guy. You know, he's not out getting in trouble repeatedly or, you know, uh, domestic abuse situations or drugs or anything like that. He just seems flamboyant and somewhat immature and, you know, certainly somewhat distracting. But I'll take him. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. it, it, there's no doubt to me that the uh, the risk is pales in comparison to the reward with this guy. Oh, certainly. And it's just all annoying stuff. Like you said, there's no right. arrest, but it's just, it, it, it's the stupid stuff on the sideline. It's punching the wall at Lambeau Field after a loss. It, it's stuff that we keep talking about him, and he obviously loves it. Um, the New York media loves the attention, so they're, they're perfect for each other, but it does cause some problems, and, you know, I mean, Eli Manning has mentioned it, Jerry Reese, the GM of the Giants, has mentioned it, that, yeah, he probably does need to grow up a little bit, and I think it's just kind of an annoyance for them that they that show up for these things, you know, what just stay out of the news a little bit. Just quietly do your work. And and in July, he'll be there when, you know, it's training camp and it won't be a problem. And But still, it's just he continues to kind of put himself in the news for, you know, quote, negative reasons. Right. And, you know, it'd certainly be better if, hey, you're, you're the first one there and you're being a leader and you're, you know, acclimating with, you know, Ingram and helping out Shepard and, you know, you're a focal point in a positive way on the team. 
getting reps again. Ready. I mean, Marshall, they're, they're loaded with weapons. Work. I don't like to look into these things too much. I'm sure he's distracting my hunches. He's even harder to be around than any of us probably think, you know, and some of that's true here with guys like Antonio Brown and, you know, Terrell Owens comes to mind, and there's there's so many of them at this position over the years that we're kind of me-first guys or, you know, and some of it, you know, I want the ball and uh, there's some selfishness to that position in general, and you just kind of have to live with it. But, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, you wish it was the other way, but I don't know that it ever will be. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that position? Um, I think some of it is because you are on an island in a way. You know that you know it's you against it's a man on man situation in many many situ you know times where uh, if I do everything correctly and if I'm act in a very selfish way and only care about what I do, I can do my job exceptionally well. Um, and whether I get the ball or not out of my hands, but I don't care. I want it anyways. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I, I, it's not a team. It, 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 you don't have the offensive line mentality, that's for sure, of, mm-hmm. boy, I can just be keep me in a dark room and, and, you know, I'm like a mushroom. Just, you know, you know what they eat, you know, feed me, <laughs> feed me crap and leave me in the dark room and I'll do my right. job and nobody needs to know, you know, where it's a very, you know, you're on sports center a lot as a receiver, your numbers driven. Hey, I caught eight passes today. I have 10 touchdowns this year, those type of things. You know, you can, you compare yourself against your peers at the position very easily. You're always in the news on the field and the nature of the position kind of lends itself to being a little bit more selfish. You know, you don't have to be a team guy. And, you know, we've seen a lot of them over the years, like I said. And you've been around a lot of them. Same goes for cornerbacks a little bit as well. And they're often very, uh, you know, vocal people. Agreed. And they're both athleticism-driven positions, you know, that you can be as savvy as you want, but if you're – not athletic enough, like a Revis late in his career, you can't do the job anymore. You know, where right. tough and smart will get you by at offensive line and quarterback and some of these other positions for long careers where, you know, you got to be a great athlete to be uh, these skill guys, you know, these smaller people, these faster-driven guys. And, you know, it's tough, and there's no question. But I wonder, and maybe you know this even better than I do, I wonder how Marshall – will interact with Beckham and be an influence with Beckham. I mean, early in his career, you know, he's, he was bipolar. He was a massive distraction. Um, but it seems like he's more of a positive influence now. Yeah, I mean, maybe. depends. I mean, maybe. I don't think Sheldon uh, Richardson would agree with you. I mean, he basically said last week that Jets are better off without Brandon Marshall. Um, yeah. I haven't been around Brandon Marshall for a while. I, I was around him for a long time in Denver, and he was every bit of the problem that you know you read about or saw. And and you know I, I give him credit for for working on getting better, and he does seem to have less trouble than he had before. You know, on the field, off the field, mm-hmm. in the locker room. But I, I think. I think there could be an interesting pairing, these two guys. 
I think they're may you know they're going to be together for a long time every day. I, I think we will. I won't be surprised if in the middle of October we hear some sort of story, you know, oh, whatever sure. it is, especially you know? in that city. And uh, but on the other, on the flip side, you know, I, I do a Raider podcast every day, and I talk about the best tandems in the NFL at receiver. And you know, I think last year during the season, Cooper and Crabtree were the best receiver tandem in the NFL. And I said, are they going to be this year? And, and, and Marshall and Beckham were a couple of the guys I talked about who could challenge them this year. So there is a lot of positive, you know, that could come out of that pairing as well. Oh, there's no question. You know, and I'm, I'm also very high on Shepard. You, know, you had a first-round pick in Engram, who's not a traditional tight end. He's a much wide receiver. It's just odd to me that they didn't address the offensive line at all. I mean, it's all – the Bengals and the Giants I keep talking about as – Boy, they put everything all in on skill, but not n- not anything in on on linemen uh, with their offense. We'll see how it works out. Right, right. Oh, let's talk before we get into the division. One more in giant receiver, former giant receiver, Victor Cruz finally has a job. Cut before free agency started, and he gets signed well after free agency died down with the Chicago Bears. Are we only talking about this because? People know his name. I mean, is this going to be a, a, a no-blip on the radar impact signing? I think so. Um, yeah. I, I think he's just a guy at this point. I'm not sure right. that he's any better or different than Kendall Wright or especially Wheaton. You know, I'd rather have Wright. Um, I, yeah, I, I think the Bears have thrown a lot of the fan at that position and hope something sticks. I like Meredith quite a bit, and I don't think people are talking about him as enough. I don't think he was a fluke. I think he's a quality player. Um, a lot to me depends on what happens with Kevin White at that position. You know, can he ever get it back? I mean, there's a lot of ability there, but very few receivers that have come in the league with two years of back-to-back injuries have ever gone on to do anything. And number seven pick, all- you know. What's that? Num- former number seven overall pick. Yeah, right. You know, and honestly, I was as high as him as I was on Cooper coming out. You know, I mean, I loved his gifts and and his abilities. Haven't seen him at all and didn't look good even when he's been on the field. Is it odd to you, and I know that he's a distraction as well and he isn't cheap, but if you're going to go into the season at the time, you know, with investing in Glennon and certainly have the intentions even early in free agency of we're going to draft a quarterback high if we can, that – why not keep Alshon Jeffrey on a long-term deal? Well, Alan, I mean, and, and the deal that he got with Philadelphia, they could have worked that out. And I'm not sure he wanted to come back to Chicago. I think he'd rather be right. in Philly, but if you offered him a three- or four-year deal with a big signing bonus, I mean, you couldn't have kept him? Yeah, I, I don't like the direction the Bears are going at all. and you know, yeah. I, I think we're going to see wholesale coach front office changes fairly soon and this is a team that's going to be in a rebuild for a while i think i do too and you know i'm not a trubisky fan either so uh, right you know right. Uh, there are some good things about that team but man uh, they have me worried right what's getting the mc south um not a glamour division at all but i, I think an intriguing division I, I don't know if it's intriguing in the mc super bowl race but in its own little world, I think it's going to be a, an improved division, and it's going to be a good race. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting division. I think it's an improved division. Right now, every team looks improved, but more so than most divisions, I think it's improved. You know, that the Colts have invested in a defense, and it looks like that unit might actually be respectable. Um, you know, what's Watson going to bring to the table? You know, the Jaguars' defense is, in, it look, is impressive. Can Bortles rebound? Um, Tennessee looks like they've taken big steps forward. And so I think that's an, an, uh, a difficult division to handicap. You know, I mean, one team doesn't stand out amongst the others. But I also don't think that there's anyone that's going to challenge the Patriots or even the Raiders or Steelers in the AFC either. Right. Um, I, I guess we'll talk about Houston first because they won the division. And that is a that is a Super Bowl contending defense, without a doubt. Uh, I, I don't know if Clowney's getting enough attention for really arriving after all the injuries that he's had to deal with. Um, he, he was dominant at the end of the last year. Um, you know, and they should be getting a healthy J.J. Watt back, we would think. I don't. I mean, there's, you know, you worry about if, if are these injuries going to continue and he's going to break down, but that's a pretty that's a pretty good defense. And then they bring Watson, and we talked after the draft, and I thought Watson was the you know we we talk about draft winners and losers about teams. I thought Watson was the player who won the most in the draft. I think that he went to a really good spot for himself. And we know that as soon as he shows that he's close to being ready, he's going to play with that team because they're a quarterback away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. I mean, I would have to say Houston's a very intriguing team. Yeah, and I think he is going to be forced and should be on the field ahead of Mahomes and Trubisky. And, you know, the, he was drafted to play. And, and I understand that, and I'm fine with it. Um, he's also not my favorite prospect, but I like O'Brien a lot as a quarterback whisperer. Um, supposedly that is not an easy system to learn. You would think that they will, quote, dummy it down a little bit for a rookie quarterback. Um Watson worries me for this perspective, though, is I don't think he's an elite passer and probably never will be. And also, he made a lot of mistakes. I mean, a lot of interceptions at Clemson, too. I mean, led the NCAA over the last two years with the most interceptions. So if you're going to be sort of a caretaker Andy Dalton type with a great defense and weapons around you, you better not lead the league in interceptions this year. You know, I mean, that's my worry with this guy, especially early on. Um, and the line's not great. Uh, I really do think Houston has to win close, low-scoring games, and they have the defense to do it. You know, if J.J. returns to being J.J., I think it's the best defense in the league. You know, not by leaps and bounds, but I think it's phenomenal. Um, but the quarterback better not give the game away, and I worry that Watson is going to do that. You know, I think what Watson really needs is a thick skin because Bill O'Brien – can be prickly, and uh, you know, it's, we know his relationship with Osweiler. Um, if you if you remember, you know, ten years ago when he was quarterback coach in New England, he used to get in Tom Brady's butt on the sideline. You'll probably find YouTube. I mean, he's not. He gets he's hard on his players, hard on his quarterbacks. So this rookie quarterback who has a, a, a penchant for throwing picks is going to get ripped a lot by his head coach. Yes. Um, 
You know, and how is he going to handle that? You know, I mean, if he's the head coach is doing it because he has high expectations. Um, but th- I think that's an underrated deal. Is not only is he going to be a rookie quarterback, but he's going to be a rookie quarterback who's going to have a, a, his head coach really breathing down his throat. Yeah, and by all accounts, he's tough and competitive and can handle it. Um, but he's better. <laughs> you know, you're right. I mean, he better. Right. Yeah. Do you like the weapons around him? On can the offensive weapons help him get better, or, or is he going to be more helped by the defense and getting good field position and not having to score a ton of points? Both, but especially the defense. Like I said, I think it's the yeah. best defense in the league if Watt is Watt, um, even without Bouye. Um, but the weapons are strong. You know, I mean, Hopkins, another Clemson guy. I just did a list today of my top ten wide receivers. He was right outside that list, but they got speed and Fuller. They got versatility in Miller. Uh, I think um, Lamar Miller is a, a quality back, not a great one. They added form into the mix. I worry about the line, though. Yeah, I mean, haven't gotten any better? Not really, right? The line to me is the biggest worry, especially at right tackle. Yeah. Um, at least they get you know Zach Martin's brother back, who was a second-round pick, to in the interior mix. Dwayne Brown's okay at left tackle. Um, and I like I kind of like Fedora, which is a tight end too. Yeah, he seems to make big. He, he, at the games I saw of him last year, he made some big plays. I'm sorry. At the, the games that I saw him play last year, he made some big plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a quality player. They may have leaned on him a little too much with a conservative style, and maybe they still will. But the weapons in the defense don't worry me. The offensive line and the quarterback worry me. Should the, oh, you, you mentioned Boye leaving to Jacksonville. Should we worry about those corners at all, or is the pass rush going to help that out? Um, a little bit, but if you remember, they used a first-round pick on a, on a corner, uh, Kevin Johnson, who didn't play hardly at all last year. And he looked great when he played. So I think that they have that replacement plan in place, and the pass rush is very strong. And, and, and you know, all due respect to Boye, maybe maybe they could help create him a little bit. You know? I mean, yeah. Wasn't he an undrafted player? Right, and it was a great success story and played great and deserved the big money in Jacksonville. And I think he's going to make for, you know, we haven't got the Jags yet, but I think that, you know, matched with Ramsey, they might be the best or compete with Denver as the best cornerback, you know, tandems in the league. But, you know, they're, I think they're okay there. Uh, you know, especially if Watt and Clowney and Merciless, who's a very underrated player, play like they can, I don't think corner is going to be a problem for them. Do you think, I mean, who knows, but I mean, would it be, it wouldn't be surprising if J.J. Watt. The injuries linger, right? I mean, that's just kind of reality, isn't it? Probably. Who knows? I mean, if anyone can overcome him, it's him. Um, I really hope not. I mean, I really do think he's a generational player, an all-time great defensive player, you know, path that he's taking right now. Um, I hope not. I hope that we haven't seen the best of him. But, man, was he uh, he's as good as anyone's ever played. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about this during the show a lot last season is that we – we saw a lot of great players go down last year. You know, Wrong. him and Gronk yeah. and Peterson. 
and you know others, and, and we're, we're we are we're missing these generational players. So you're absolutely right. Football is going to be better if he is healthy. For sure. I mean, I think he's the best player on the planet when he's right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's head to. So, would you say Houston? If you had a handicap, Houston is the favorite. I guess, but again, they're gonna have to win thirteen ten. You know, I mean, right. and I'm putting a lot of faith that Watt is Watt, and um, less so than the other three teams. I don't think they improved as much as the other three teams. You know, they invested heavy in a quarterback of the future, and hopefully they get him. But that doesn't mean he's gonna pay you know immediate results. Right. You know, if you told me any one of these four teams would win the division, I, I, I would buy it. Yes. You know, and I, I don't know if you can say that in any other division. I think you're 100% right. And some of that's a leap of faith in Bortles, you know. I mean, uh, but they're at least building around him with a running game and an offensive line and a defense. So, yeah, I would say Jacksonville is my least likely to win the division. Right. But I could, I could but, still write that book. Right. Certainly. Let's let's talk about Tennessee. I I think they're the most intriguing to me in this division. Um, I like them. I I, I think the light can really come on for the Tennessee Titans this year. Agreed. Uh, I like this front office. I like this coaching staff. I love the young quarterback. I love the line. I like what they're doing on both sides of the ball. They had two first-round picks, and Clearly, they, maybe they reached a little on those guys, but they, you know, they. But they're good fits, right? Exactly, and they're in need positions, and they didn't have a second round pick, and they had to leave this draft with a corner and a number one receiver, and that's my favorite receiver. And uh, yes, they're they have a young core, and in the end, I think Mariota is going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was showing that. And you said something that you haven't said very much at all lately. You said you love that offensive line. You don't like a lot of offensive line. I know how you feel about the offensive line play around the league, but that's a good one to protect Mariota, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, I think there's. I think when you look at last year, there's five or six lines that stand above everyone else, and the Titans are one of them. And they're the only team that uh, in that group that didn't have immense success, but they still won nine games and they're going the right direction. Uh, yeah, they're really good at offensive tackle. They're well coached. They're going to run the ball a lot. You know, Murray and Henry still on board, and I thought Henry played well um, as a number two. So, and maybe he even takes over as a one. I think Corey Davis is a really good pr- prospect. I like Walker at tight end. And, again, I love Mariota. And I give that coaching staff credit. I was not excited that Malarkey kept the job as the interim coach. Um, You know, often, you know, you don't see too many interims keep their jobs. We we didn't, you know, with Marone, but he kind of gave them a spark. Um, But Malarkey was just kind of seen very blah as a hire. We've seen him as a head coach before. But he did a good job with that team last year, so credit to him. Yeah, and he's developed some quarterbacks, and he's been an offensive mind, and I'm a little more familiar with him because, you know, he played tight end here in Pittsburgh under Bill Cower, and then 
became the tight end coach and eventually the offense coordinator and was instrumental in bringing Ben along on a defense and run-first team. You know, those were the bettest years and a good offensive line. And I think that formula's worked then and it worked for Mariota. Um, he was kind of maligned there in his, his other stints, you know, after leaving Pittsburgh and now at Tennessee. But it doesn't mean he's a bad coach, you know. I mean, uh, I, I was kind of shocked that he uh, was the guy and retained for, for the, those duties. But I think he's doing a really good job, and they absolutely have a plan in place. Right, right. And, and I mean, offensively, they could be pretty good, especially if Davis can make an instant impact, right? Yeah, I mean, they're going to run the ball, and Mariota needs to cut down on his, his fumbles, but he's great on third down and great in the red zone and really put a nice streak together before his injury. And Richard Matthews is a, a pretty good receipt, number two receiver now, too. And like I said, they have Walker. And, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be above average but not great on both sides of the ball. Right, right. And really uh, a, a, a team that could – sustain itself as a perennial playoff team for the next we can see this team being very good for the next five years though, correct? Yes, yes, because yeah. I believe in Mariota and I believe in what they're doing. The thing that doesn't get mentioned enough with this team, the thing they need to do is start winning some games in the division. I think they were one and five or zero oh and six in a bad division. You know, that can't keep up. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. That I mean and they almost won the division. Right, I think they were nine and seven, and a lot of their losses came to the Colts and Jags and you know Texans, and that's got to change. And that means I, you know, I don't see the schedule in front of me right now, but they probably won some tough games against some better teams because they obviously South, you know, not wasn't very strong last year, so they probably beat some decent teams. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it was a, a, a very impressive year, but need to knock off the Colts and the. Right. Houston in particular, and yeah, right. uh, that, that, that's the next step for them. But that's okay because that's what young, talented teams do. They take next yeah. steps. You know? Yeah. Um, let's talk but about if they're 1-5 the in, in the AFC South this year, that's going to raise an eyebrow. Right. Well, that goes, then the coaching staff's going to take some heat. Right. Let's talk about the Colts. I thought the Colts uh, were really smart in their off season. They, they got a new general manager, Ballard for the Chiefs, and you know the, the last guy, Grigson, got fired for a lot of things. But one of the reasons was he didn't build a defense while Andrew Luck was cheap. And then once Andrew Luck cashed in on that huge contract, averaging almost twenty-five million dollars a year, Grigson wasn't able to do much. And it hurt this team, but they got better on defense this year, didn't they? I think they're getting respectable on defense, and that's a huge yeah. step forward from where they were. You know that they, I think they locked into Hooker being there in the first round, and then followed it up yep. with another corner. Um, the, their defensive front was addressed, and they, you know, they brought in quality guys like Jabal Sheard and Hankins. I mean, quality NFL starters. You know, those guys aren't going to Pro Bowls, but. I mean, on, on a couple podcasts, I I went through the Colts' defensive depth chart when the season ended, and it was laughable. I mean, no depth, no star power, awful. I mean, especially if you factor in the guys that could have left. 
I mean, so now I think he's bringing the defense back to respectable. I mean, they're still not going to be great, but if they're respectable, that's going to go a long way. Um, you get Moncrief back. I think the offensive line isn't as awful as everyone assumes it is, you know, but the right side of the line isn't great. Um, that system and throwing deep as much as they have has put a lot of stress on the offensive line. It's not good, but it's not the worst in the league. And obviously the key is luck. It is If I was starting an NFL team, I want Andrew Luck. I mean, I'm that big of a believer. And for much of his career, I thought he was a little bit overrated. You know, I thought he came to the league as an elite prospect and was an elite prospect, but was not an elite quarterback those first two, three years. I mean, he was not in the Breeze, Ben, Brady conversation, you know, despite some people throwing him in there. Where now I think he is. You know, where I thought he had his, by far his best year as a pro last year, but had less around him than ever. I thought it was the Luck and Hilton show, and the rest of the offense was sort of embarrassing. And the defense was Yeah, it was, it was good to see Luck have a, a bounce-back year. You know, it was obviously health-related. He was healthy. He played well because he is a super talent. And it goes back to what we were saying about J.J. Watt earlier in today's show is that you want the stars to play and, and be healthy. And I almost think Andrew Luck's a little underrated now because right, I think people maybe took a little away from him when he was playing through those injuries. I mean, c- could he be underrated? Yes. And I've said that on a couple of podcasts where I love him as a prospect, and I thought, but I thought he was a little overrated early in his career. Last year, two years ago, was rough, and last year I thought he was phenomenal, and now he's gone from a little underrated to a little, or a little overrated to a little underrated. You know, where I did a quarterback list, and I think he was like fourth on my list right now, and not of where he's going to be, but where he is. You know, like uh, I think he's right there with. Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson as that tier below Brady and Rodgers. And if you're the number four quarterback in the NFL, you're a top ten player in the NFL. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are still playing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so even though he's been in the league for five years now and he is, you know, hasn't taking this team to that next level, there's still time for the Colts to win a Super Bowl with Andrew Luck, right? I mean, he's still very much a factor in the NFL. I I think maybe people kind of sleep on that a little bit. Yeah, Uh, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, that if if we took every player off their team and we started a draft and I have first pick overall, I'm taking Andrew Luck right now. You know, I mean, I, I think that he's I think he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. I think he's going to end up, you know, assuming the injuries don't derail him, that he plays 10 more years and is one of the top five and maybe even number one once Brady and Rodgers move on at the most important position in the league. He's a superstar. And he's smart. He gets it. He's, you know, he, yeah. he's good face of the franchise. What I like about him is that he, you can tell that the loss is – hang on him a little bit. And it means something to him. This, You know, football means something to him. No doubt in my mind. And it wouldn't shock me, because he's so smart and 
son of a coach's kid and went to Stanford, you know, a lot of people, you know, most talked about his brain being his greatest asset. And I think that's true. But I think he's had somewhat of a Roethlisberger-like career, too. I mean, maybe a little too reliant on brawn and size and arm strength early in his career and taking a lot of hits and late in the down plays, that it wouldn't shock me that sooner than later he realizes, I can win this game with my mind and pre-snap and, you know, adjusts the way he plays a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he does not mind getting hit, does he? Or throwing interceptions or taking risks. I mean, right. uh, he needs to cut down on those things for to, in order right. to have the long 12, 15-year career, Hall of Fame career that I think he can. Right. So is can this – what will it take for this team to be a, you know, a 11-win eleven, 11 team and, and a – factor in the playoffs. I mean, I think Luck can do his part and put this team on his back in an almost Aaron Rodgers-like fashion, but I still think they're another. I think that the former GM just put this team in such a hole that, you know, this guy came in and has made great strides, but they're still below average in a lot of places, you know, offensive line, long-term at running back. You know, uh, I think the weapons are okay, but is Dorsett and Moncrief going to be dangerous players? They need to be. Uh, and, again, the defense is nearing respectable, but who are the pro bowlers, too? You know, I mean, right. in, the, in the second level, at linebacker is very weak. So I think they need at least another offseason to be in that conversation. Right. Cool. Um, and and guys like Hooker need AFC. to hit. Uh, the last team in the AFC Cup I want to talk to a little bit in this deep dive is Jacksonville. and They had another really, really good offseason and another really good draft. Is it going to hit for these guys finally, or is it, or is it the team that we always talk about they should be improved? Because they were on everybody's most improved list last year and they were everybody's most improved list this year, and I think some people are not buying it, but that especially on defense, they drafted so well. I mean, it's got to pay off at some point, shouldn't it? I think. You know, I love the Tom Coughlin influence, and um, I'm really high on what this team's done overall. I have one major complaint. There's one thing I would do differently, and and I'm somewhat of a Bortles believer. I mean, he's been bad. I mean, bad. And... I can understand to some degree, you know, picking up his option. And I was told he played with two bad shoulders all of last year. And you're hearing that he's dedicating himself back to the game much more than he did a year ago. That's all great. I mean, and I, I don't think you should have parted ways with the guy. But my one thing that I would have done differently in this team was I would have brought in somebody. I mean, even if it's Nate Peterman. You know, I mean, I would have brought in somebody at the quarterback position of relevance, Jay Cutler. I mean, somebody to either push him or be a fallback plan if he falls, and clearly they're building the team to lighten the load on the quarterback position. You know, that they brought in Brandon Albert and Cam Robinson and, of course, Leonard Fournette 
and they have weapons, and they're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to take things off his plate, and this should be one of the better defenses in the league. So I'm all on board there. But if Bortles stinks, they're still going to stink. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that, isn't it? It is. But on the other side, if Bortles stinks and they stink again and they pick in the top five, Maybe they end up with Rosen or this kid from Wyoming or, you know, there's big-time quarterbacks coming out. But you can't count on that you can land them. But, you know, if the defense is a top-ten defense and Fournette looks like a stud but faces a lot of eight-man boxes and Bortles is terrible and a year from now we might all be saying for the third or fourth year in a row, Look out for Jacksonville. They just took Rosen with the second overall pick, mm-hmm. and everything else was in place. And but we've kind of been down that road too. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I'm, I'm hesitantly optimistic. And I, but with Coughlin being there, I think things can be different. If he's good, not great, because because the Jaguars win nine games. I'm talking about the quarterback. If he's the Bortles from two years ago. They can, but I also think the Bortles from two years ago was overrated. You know, that, yes, he was going in the right direction as a young quarterback that was in a top-five pick in 2014, but he was also a better fantasy player than he was NFL player two years ago. You know, I mean, a lot of that production was in the second half when they were getting blown out. And, you know, I mean, uh, he's the garbage-time king. Right, right. He certainly... Um, do you like the coach? Do you like the fact that they kept Marone? I mean, he did give them spark, and Bortles did play better when he took over after they fired Gus Bradley. Yeah, and those things can't be denied, but it was a tiny, tiny sample size. And, again, I keep going back to Coughlin, that if if Coughlin was cool with keeping him, then I'm cool with keeping him. And you're right, you know, that tiny sample size, things were better when he took over. Yeah, and, yeah, I don't know. I I just, you know, I think Marone's a guy that he kind of screwed his own reputation the way he left the Bills, but he might be a good coach. Yeah, and a good offensive mind and good for Bortles, and, you know, that's the key. You know, if he's... Good for Bortles, and they have a plan. They do have a plan in place. I can buy it. Again, I can paint the picture. I can write the book where Jacksonville wins nine or ten games this year. Leonard Fournette is in the conversation at least. I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott, but he's in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Allen Robinson has nine to twelve touchdowns. The defense is top ten, and they win a bad division. And Bortles. Right improves and does less dumb things and his mechanics aren't as awful and steps up. Yeah, I don't think that book is too much fiction. No, like we said, any one of these four teams could win the division. Yeah. Um, you're Do high you agree that Jacksonville's the least likely, though? Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, you know, I think it's Houston or Tennessee. I might lean Tennessee because I just kind of got a good feeling about them. But 
you know, I, you can't deny the talent on on Jacksonville's roster. I mean, if you right. took all the team's names off and listed 32 rosters, people, a lot of people would be pointing to that Jacksonville roster going, God, that is a good roster. And it's great on defense. I mean, I very much believe that. And it is a good roster. And I like Fournette a lot. And they have weapons, Yeah, and I, I thought know. that was a terrific ad. Um, Miles Jack, I mean, do you think he could be a good player? I mean, I know a lot of us expect him to be drafted higher than the other injuries and then extended into his rookie season. So, I mean, I know he's a big question mark, but what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, and, and I loved him coming out of school. Um, I thought he was a great pick for Jacksonville because, hey, if he doesn't give you anything as a rookie, you're not going to win the Super Bowl anyways in 2016. And maybe it's like a Reuben Foster situation where – we're not a good team, and if we redshirt his rookie year because of injuries and then he becomes a stud, it's worth it. You know, we don't need him right this second because we're not good. Um, but, you know, I think Telvin Smith's a really good linebacker that doesn't get talked about that much. Pazlesny's still really playing well. And they drafted the kid, uh, what's his name, Brown, out of Ohio U. I think it was a fourth-round pick that – I really, really like coming out of school, too. So I wondered when they took him, does that mean, you know, red flag went off in my head going, uh, does that mean they're worried about Jack? Or are they just preparing for when Puzzlesny moves on? Or was he just too good to pass up and we had too good a grade on? So, right. yes, I mean, I, I have optimism for Jack. I like them a lot coming out of school, um, you, know, pr- you know, what he did pre-injury. Right. right. I like well, the linebackers in general. I just spelled it out. Right. And Ramsey could be a real star, can he? Yes. If I were to put a chip down of who's going to be the, the best corner in the league two years from now, who's going to take over for Patrick Peterson, it would be Ramsey. I think he's a stud. Dude. Wow. Really interesting. Um, and, and you're sold on Coughlin. I mean, we haven't seen Coughlin in this role. You know, he's coach, but you, you, you like him as the kind of the grand poobah, the overseer? Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think his track record is strong. He's an old-school guy. He's obviously up in age. And I think going back to 1985 with a strategy for this particular team is a smart one. Um, I don't want to throw Gus Bradley under the bus, but he may be addition by subtraction, too. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, he lost a lot. You know of games. what? By all accounts, he's a really good guy, and, and right. he had success as a as an assistant. But and he got a raw deal, getting fired. You know, before the end of a road trip, I've never seen that before. He got they fired him, and he had to fly home with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were terrible with him. He had a horrible winning percentage, and they got better as soon as he left. Yeah, I mean. Sometimes coaches get a bum rap, don't get me wrong, but maybe he's a better coordinator or neighbor than he is head coach. (laughs) But he lost a lot of games. Right, yeah. And and, and it was a good roster last year. So, But I think it goes back to the keys, the quarterback, and if they can get this kid right, and they kind of have to because he was a number three pick, so it's going to help – it's going to behoove them to make him their guy for the next seven, you know, five to eight years. 
if Bortles can play well this year, the Jaguars will be a factor, right? I think so. I mean, I, I think there's about a 0% chance that they're a Super Bowl contender. But I think they can – if he doesn't stink, I don't think for the first time in forever they won't pick – they're, they're not going to be picking at the top of the draft again. You know, that – and that's and, and even better than that. I mean, even if he stinks, I think they might not be picking at the top of the draft because the rest of the roster is really good. And if he takes a step forward and looks like an NFL quarterback, they should be very, very optimistic. You know, what I mean, right. there, there's a lot to like there. Right. So I think when we finish this deep dive and we're three apes there. I don't know if we'll have as much interdivision intrigue as this division. I mean, there's going to there's certainly better divisions. There's way better individual teams, but again, you you can point at any four team, and and, and that's what's going to make this division interesting. And I think every time there's an AFC South matchup, whoever it is, there's going to be some inter, you know interesting games and competitive games. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with the quarterbacks. You know that there's, you know, we we didn't say a lot of glowing things about Bortles, but there's four quarterbacks that were first round picks that are young, that there's obvious ability. Um, you know, all of us would take Luck and Mariota at the top of that list, but do they just trade it up for Watson? And you know, now you throw Fournette in the mix too. I mean, there's a lot of. You know these teams have been so bad that there's been there's a lot of early draft pick capital, especially a quarterback that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and maybe two three years we got two of the top five quarterbacks in the league in this division. Yeah, and maybe even better. I mean, like you said, I'm not a believer in Watson or Bortles, but I think it's crazy to dismiss them, especially Watson, that right. he can't be very very good. And right. I think all of us are on board with Luck and Mariota. Right. Well, cool. Well, next week we'll deep dive the AMC West, which I think, I, I believe you agree with me, is the best division in football. We agreed. Right up there with the NFC East. Sounds good. It'll be a fun one. Very right, cool. And right. we may have some differing opinions on that division. Good, good. All right, Matt, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the No Relations NFL Podcast with Matt Bill Williams and everybody.